Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 342, Psychology of the Exceptional Child. I hope you listen and enjoy. Hey guys, this is class three and this is session three. Remember that we're talking about learning disabilities and we've been talking about different characteristics of a learning disability. We went through a long list of just sort of general characteristics that you're going to see um, for any child with an LD. And now we're kind of going to go specifically looking a little bit more at, at um, some of the areas. All right, so when we were talking about comprehension, we have problems with um understanding particularly a lot of times with reading all right decoding again with reading or comprehension and decoding can also be issues that you would have with your language okay so you would struggle um, to understand what somebody's telling you you're going to struggle to even understand words and again these will hit these kids who struggle with this are going to have trouble with reading for sure all right a lot of these kids don't even know what a word is and you can show them something that has numbers in it or some of the different symbols like a question mark or a percentage sign, and they don't know if it's a word or not. Um, a lot of the other kids at least know if it has letters in it um, that can't have numbers or symbols, but they can't tell you for sure. Like if you saw like six consonants in a row, they might think that's a word. Um, so they're just really struggling with language in a lot of different ways. Um, we're going to talk again more about this when we get to the language section, but this is phonics. Okay, y'all know what phonics are. Um, I normally can say it. Um, and so we're aware of sounds and letters go together. And we get this first when we're little kids and we understand that sounds are important and make words which means something so that we can communicate and some of these kids are really going to struggle with that and they don't get that the ba 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 sound goes with other sounds and makes words and obviously if they get don't get this they really struggle now we usually teach this in kindergarten or at least we have for years and some schools still do um, other schools have kind of dropped that out and gone to what they call a whole language approach where we teach them complete words at one time, which is not as successful. Um, so kids may have problems with reading simply because we hadn't really done a good job with phonics. Y'all may have heard of that program, Hooked on Phonics, which is supposed to get your kids back up to level if we aren't there. Y'all bound to have heard the term dyslexia, and what it actually means is that we reverse letters um, and where we reverse words. So the B looks like the D, the word was looks like the word saw, um, and children will just do complete reversals. But you will also nail today's society, we use this to mean any reading disability. Some kids have reading disabilities that don't do reversals. So you may see it used a little bit out of term. Um, language issues are also going to do with spelling. And we've already mentioned that these kids have like phonetic spelling generally. A lot of them, by the way, like to just, just sort of uh, use horribly messy handwriting to disguise the fact that they can't spell. So that you, you really can't piece out if that letter's an A or an O or an E or whatever. They're geniuses at that. 
Um, writing, again, just um, the handwriting is atrocious. Um, it goes up and down and mixes upper and lower and is um, sometimes really dark and sometimes really light and just really doesn't look consistent from, you know, letter to letter. This is a huge problem for kids who have language difficulties is to be able to put their thoughts into a coherent sentence with words in it. Now, for some, this is going to be spoken. They don't speak in a nice, organized fashion. Others will speak just fine, but they can't write in an organized fashion. So with them, sometimes we'll have them speak into a uh, recorder, and then we play that back very slowly as they write that down and learn to write in the way in which they've thought it through. But obviously, if they don't do it with spoken words, we're going to struggle with written words there. Right, when it comes to mathematics, um, we have a lot of kids who have math difficulties simply because they really weren't taught math well, and they really didn't um, have good basics in the in the early years. Um, but one of the biggest issues is the computational skills, which is usually just sadly drill. Um, Y'all may remember having to learn your multiplication tables and it, you just have to go over it and over and over it until those facts really stick in your head. And today we a lot of times let kids use a calculator when they're doing their math and kids who've grown up calculator dependent have very bad computational skills. Um, even though they may not really have a disability, they just didn't put the time in to learn this. So we're going to see a lot of that today. This one's the bigger issue for most kids. If they've got good computational skills, they still may bomb because they don't know how to take the, the problem presented to them in a word problem and set up the correct formula. They know kind of generally what to do, but when it comes down to actually how do you set it up, they have no idea. And remember, a lot of these kids can work these if somebody sets it up for them. Now, you're not going to do well at this until you hit a, the abstract thinking, which is going to kick in about 11 or 12. So any kid under 11 or 12 is not going to do well on this. Um, that's typical. But if a 12-year-old can't do it, then we're getting into some other kinds of issues. Um, spatial relationships tied to math difficulties and your spatial skills have to do with where you are in time and in space and how things fit together. So um, a lot of kids who have these math difficulties are directionally challenged. They get lost a lot. They have no idea where they are. Um, they don't understand left and right. They don't understand north, south, east, and west. Um, they don't understand those problems where you take a cube and you say, if I rotated it, you know, 20 degrees, what would it look like? They just can't do this. And spatial relationships are, are really key, um, particularly in fields like architecture, engineering, um, sculpturing even. You would need to have a good bit of spatial relationship. Some of these kids that can't write numbers, especially the younger kids, as they get older, they may still struggle with this. They're writing them backwards. They're writing them upside down, six and nine. They can't tell the difference. So issues like that would be a problem. Um, when we're really young, we look at this in terms of shapes. So y'all know one of the preschool skills we teach is shapes, um, circles, squares, rectangles, so forth. And we ask them to draw these. And children who don't do well with drawing these shapes when they're younger and even older um, are likely to have math problems later on because obviously numbers and shapes kind of tie together.
Um, just the concepts that you would need to know in math. What is addition and what is multiplication or division? A lot of these kids just don't even get that. Even if we use counters and we give them a little block and say, you know, here's two blocks and here's four blocks. If we put them together, how many blocks do we have? Um, they may still struggle um, with that. And some of these kids are going to need those counters a lot older than you would normally expect them to do. Right, so we're just going to look now at, at some of these earlier characteristics. Um, we've got a preschooler. That's a three to five-year-old. They are not going to be diagnosed at this age. We, we Remember, we like to wait till about seven. Um, but we're looking at, you know, are these kids at risk? And maybe we need to go ahead and give them a little more attention now when it comes to some of our preschool issues. Um, depth perception um, ties to spatial skills and so if a kid is doing things like falling because they they didn't realize where the end of the step was um, then they have bad depth perception and that could be a sign later um, of problems a lot of these kids walk into walls um, trip a lot um, now you also want to watch for this kind of thing you want to watch and see if their vision's okay um, that could also be a problem with that um, toe walking is never a really good sign unless um, they're just playing. Um, if they walk on their toes all the time, this could be a sign of an, a learning disability, comes back as a sign for autism. Um, but usually if a child is always bouncing up on their toes, um, it's a sign of some kind of central nervous system disorder where they're not putting their entire foot down. Um, they're easily distractible. Now, that just defines almost every preschooler right there. They're all distractible. Um, they got the attention span of about a gnat. Um, but this child is even more distractible than the others. So, you know, just kind of watch for that. I, all preschoolers have a short attention span. It's not very long. Um, if you ever worked with this age, you know, you're doing good if you can keep them on task for about 10, 15 minutes. Um, that's pretty good. And if you look at like Sesame Street, you'll note their little, their little clips are about 30 um, seconds to maybe two minutes max. Um, so we don't expect a long attention span at this age, but this child would be even shorter than your typical child. And we need to work on, attention's a skill and we can build it. All right, but we don't usually stress that enough today. And so a lot of times we assume it's just you're, you're built with a certain amount, but everybody can build their attention skills. Um, impulsiveness, where they have a written, and again, all preschoolers, I would not take a three to five year old in a china shop, let me just tell you, because um, they want to touch everything and I'd be paying. But we want them to be able to learn to control their impulses a little bit. And um, that's a hard thing for all of these kids if it's very attractive. But again, this one uh, more so than the others. Hyperactivity, again, they're all busy, but um, this child, we've already talked about that, so you know they stand out. Um, poor motor control, this is when they want to um, kick a ball or they're trying to catch like a large ball. Now, this age won't be able to catch a baseball in their hands if that's too hard for them. But if you've got one of those big kind of bouncy balls, um, they should be able to catch that at least with their kind of forearms and everything. Uh, but these kids are really going to struggle with that. So there's a lot of um, issues with keeping themselves coordinated. Um, their speech possibly is delayed. Now, by three, these kids should be talking. 
in at least good words and hopefully small sentences. Some are talking in paragraphs. But if they're not talking, they're babbling still, they're not making words, um, that's not a good sign for a three-year-old. Their words tend to get jumbled together um, and they get very confused when they are doing things and they, um, you know, really don't do good sentence structure at this point. Their vocabulary is very limited, so they don't know more than maybe 10 or 15 words. Um, they have trouble focusing. We've already got kind of attention issues over there. Um, that's just short attention span is different from this. Short attention span is I am paying attention and I'm focused, but I'm not lasting long. This is I can't even focus down to look at it in the first place. So this is a little bit different there. Um, issues with their memory. Most kids this age now, they're not doing memory problems like I want you to remember these six things. All right, they that's really hard for any child this age to do. But they usually do remember things that you tell them, like we're going to go get ice cream this afternoon. Most kids aren't going to forget that. Um, some of these kids will. They will really struggle right, to keep things in their mind. Very immature. Now, remember, this is a preschooler. They are immature. So, again, we're talking about a kid who might be three or four, but is acting more like a two-year-old. Um, so, there's still temper tantrums, and threes do still sometimes throw a little fit. By four, they ought to be out of that. Um, so, if they're doing some of that kind of sucking their thumb and that kind of thing, you know, probably at this point, they're still showing some immaturity. Um this is kind of a big one. This has to do with, do you understand what you are asked to do? And we have different levels of directions here. We've got one step directions, which is you should sit down. All right. Or go open the door, turn off the light switch, something like that. Put that in the trash. All right. Then there's two step directions, which would be go put that in the trash and then go sit down. All right, and then we work up to three and four and five. And so these kids are going to struggle with the one-step and the two-step directions. Um, threes and fours um, are obviously just going to be over their head, whereas your typical preschooler could probably do a four-step um, direction and do fairly well with that. All right, and then just in general, they don't understand a lot of the things that you're asking them or that you're telling them, and they just seem to be very confused about what is going on. And um, again, it's almost like talking to a one-year-old, and one-year-olds get some things, but they don't get a lot. So anything that you're seeing on this list, now remember, with all these things, there's clusters. So no child's going to have every one of these. They might have four or five. Um, from the list, and another child could have another four or five. So they don't all look exactly the same, and that makes it a little harder sometimes with us to make a diagnosis. And again, some of these things tie back to ADHD, and some of these things are going to tie back to language disorders. So there's there's a ton of overlap, and, and we just keep our eye on these children um, at this age, try to build um, their focusing ability, their attention span, and, you know, help them learn um, how to kind of focus. And then, you know, hopefully when we get older, we can knock that out.